When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to another episode of The Incline. One of the top Dodgers podcasts out there. Thank you all for supporting us. I know you just heard from us a couple of days ago when we previewed the MLB trade deadline and we're talking some Dodgers Giants. Well, now here we are recording after the MLB trade deadline. And I know everyone here has a lot to say. It was quite the day for Los Angeles. As you know by now, Andrew Friedman strikes yet again, bringing home Max Scherzer, and Trey Turner in quite a large package, which we're going to break down. But let me introduce the rest of our guys. David Rosenthal, what's going on? A lot, Kevin. Uh, that, that one took me by surprise. Uh, obviously, we heard earlier in the day yesterday or that uh, the Padres were going to get him, and I was kind of resigned to that fact. I was like, well, all right, there's, there's still stuff to be done. And then that just kind of fizzled out. And then Friedman either swooped in or it was misreported or whatever happened. Uh, but the biggest surprise to me is they got Trey Turner. Uh, and honestly, in my opinion, that's the bigger acquisition. Uh, he's under contract for this year and next year, which is, you know, some people don't necessarily know that at this point. I mean, they probably do now, but that, that is just a huge acquisition. And I'll get into what I think that means for the offseason and, and shortstops later on. Uh, but I can't believe we got Trey Turner. Yes, we were only talking about Trey Turner a couple weeks ago, and that was Jake Reiner, who was very high on Trey Turner, and now he's wearing a Dodgers uniform. Yeah, it's just, it's just unbelievable trade. Um, and even though the Dodgers had to part ways with Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz, I still think it was a steal. I still think the Dodgers got the better end of this deal. Um, just because in terms of prospects, you don't know how they're going to pan out, even though they're highly touted and they're highly ranked. You just never really know um, when, when guys come up to the big leagues, but you know, the nationals have their future catcher and they have a future uh, ACE hopefully for them, but the Dodgers are in a win now mode. And to be honest, I think that was one of the greatest trade deadlines ever. Um, just the amount of trades that happened, it was just one after the other. And I was saying to Kevin, before we started recording big reason why is because they took out that August 31st deadline, the, you know, the, the waiver deadline, and they just made one trade deadline. And I think in terms of news making, it's just a better format and it, and it forces teams to, um, it, it kind of forces, you know, GM's hands in a way of like, you know, you know, you have to get rid of this player. If you don't get rid of him now, you're not going to get rid of him later. And for teams that are trying to, to buy, you got to get this player now because you're not going to get them later. And for the Dodgers to do this move to, to not only show the, their, 
their current team, how committed they are. They showed the fan base, how committed they are to winning back-to-back world series titles. And I, I couldn't be happier with this. Yes. So let's talk about Max Scherzer and what this means for the Dodgers rotation. We're talking about a rotation headlined with Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, of course, and Julio Urias. I think that is for sure the four men that are going to be set come October. You know, that fifth spot, it's going to be a battle between Tony Gonsolin and David Price, I suppose, at this point. I think I give the edge to Gonsolin, given that he's just been the better pitcher. Back to Scherzer. I mean, the Dodgers are acquiring what is for sure a first ballot Hall of Famer. The 37-year-old is a three-time Young Award winner, eight-time All-Star. He's 8-4 eight and four this season with a 276 ERA, 147 strikeouts, over 111 innings pitched, and he has a career best this season in his whip at 0892. So what do we, what do we have to say? about Mad Max coming to the Dodgers. This is just insanity. I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, everybody listening to this podcast knows his, his resume, knows what he can do, uh, has seen him do it on the biggest stage possible. And it's, it's the dream addition for a, a Dodgers pitching staff who is out a pitcher and waiting for one of their best pitchers to come back. Uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Like Kevin said, you heard his on the threes. Ground ball percentage is great. Uh, it's, he's, he's a big game pitcher and, and, it, and on the big stage after Walker Bueller, that's the guy I want pitching. Uh, and not only is he, is he going to be pitching for the Dodgers? He's not going to be pitching for the Padres or the giants. Uh, and that aspect of it can't go unnoticed. That's not going to be Andrew Friedman's motivation when he makes a trade. Uh, but it's certainly an added bonus here. Definitely. And when you take a look at his, his resume, he's also a World Series champion, and he did go through the Dodgers to get there in 2019. And so he is a big game pitcher, and he's got a work ethic that rivals Kershaw's um, very similar uh, preparation uh, in terms of games and, and just, um, just what, what he brings um, with his brain too, just being another veteran in the clubhouse. Um, just, you can't say enough about him. And if you are to believe what um, David Vassay was reporting, and, and by the way, David Vassay totally on the money about the Scherzer trade. Um, when it was reported that the Padres had gotten Scherzer, uh, Vassay got some inside information that it wasn't the, that it was false and that the Dodgers are still working on something. Mm-hmm. Basically what Vassay said was that during the all-star break, um, Roberts picked Scherzer to start the all-star game. And apparently the two of them had some long conversations and you can probably, you know, guess what they talked about. I'm sure Dave probably pitched Scherzer on playing for the Dodgers, knowing full well that he had a a no trade clause and he kind of has, you know, the, the ability to choose where he goes and he wanted to be a Dodger. And that, that speaks volumes too. Yes, you did a great job of pointing out their conversations during the All-Star break. It was almost tactical that Roberts chose Max Scherzer to start for the National League, and now he'll be starting for the Dodgers. As soon as Wednesday, it's reported, against the Houston Astros, he'll make his Dodgers debut. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say besides this is probably the most established pitcher that the Dodgers have ever traded for at the deadline 
we'll talk about more moves later on in the episode, but just like my other thoughts with Scherzer is just, yeah, it's important to point out he waived his 10, five rights. He wants to be a Dodger. This isn't someone that was traded against his will to come to LA. He wanted to pitch in SoCal probably could have worked out a deal if he wanted to be a Padre, but no, he didn't want to be teammates with Chris Paddock. He wants to be teammates with Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add about Max Scherzer or do we want to talk some Trey Turner? I'd like to talk Trey Turner personally. All right. I think it's the time to do it then. Um, yeah. So like I said earlier, I, I just can't believe we got this guy. Um, you know, it was rumored they were maybe shopping him, but I just didn't think anything was going to materialize because he's under contract for one more year. Uh, but this is arguably, you know, a top three shortstop in the game. Uh, right now, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's first in, in war in baseball for shortstops. Uh, he's fast. He makes contact. He hits for power. Uh, he's a plus defender. You can't, this is such an Andrew Friedman player. You, you couldn't draw it up more. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about how this is going to affect Corey Seager, but right now I'll just keep it to Turner. They have the luxury of putting this guy at second base while Seager's here. They can put him in the outfield. They can put him at short, uh, and they can put him anywhere in the lineup. You can hit him first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, anywhere he fits in that lineup. Uh, this is, this is, this is the acquisition for me. Uh, this is going to be the difference maker for the Dodgers. Uh, with these two moves, and Danny Duffy, who I think is going to contribute as well. I'm, I'm back on board of the Dodgers winning the division now. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've seesawed over the past couple of weeks, months even. Uh, but with, with, with this addiction, with Trey Turner being on the Dodgers, uh, this is what's going to put us over the top, period. I, I, I am a huge Trey Turner fan, and I, I can't wait to see this guy play second, play short, hit, hit second probably. Uh, and, and just carry this offense in, in many ways. Yeah. I mean, this already is a, an all-star lineup with however whoever you put in there, however you make the combinations, however you drop the lineup, it's an all-star roster. And with the guys coming back, with Betts coming back, Seeger back tonight, you're looking at um, a good problem to have, I think, but there's going to be a crowded outfield um, and there's going to be questions on where, where do you play Pollock and where do you play Taylor? I mean, assuming everyone's healthy, um, those are decisions that Dave Roberts is going to have to make. And Dave, to his credit, is pretty good at getting guys in there, getting guys at bats and stuff. But with the way Taylor and Pollock are playing right now, I'm not sure that you can really afford to sit them down, especially when they're going good. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, overall, I think the Dodgers uh, will win the division if, A, they stay healthy or they return to a, a healthy lineup. Yeah. But also, B, and this is very important, is just the execution. Um, we've seen a lot of sloppy play from this team defensively and uh, situationally. So that's got to tighten up as well. So I, I'm really happy and, and excited about what's to come. Um, but we, we, we also have to be realistic. I mean, these guys have to go out there and, and do their job and, and compete. Um, but having Trey Turner, the ability, he's, he can hit for power. He's got speed. He can steal bases. Um, he's not an incredible defender, but he's fairly good. And he's, and he's, you know, pretty above average at, at each position that he can play. It's, it is a dream scenario. And I don't think that 
people looking at this deal should overlook him because he is just as big of a part of that deal as Scherzer is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's having another career year as well. He is on the COVID IL, so it might be a few days till he returns. But so far this season, he's putting up a 322 batting average, 21 stolen bases. Easily will we lead the Dodgers in that category. 18 home runs. That puts him near the top as well. 49 RBIs. This guy does it all. So, you know, on our last episode, I talked about how the Dodgers coming into this season, they gave a lot of their young guys the opportunity. Gavin Lux, Zach McKinstry, DJ Peters, who was designated for assignment. So that kind of fits the theme of last episode. You, you know, veteran 26-year-old. I think he was up there 25. Regardless, they gave him his opportunity, didn't run away with it, and he had to pay the consequence. He's been designated for assignment. I'm talking about DJ Peters. I'm surprised think, he was though, uh, yeah. given the given the performances of some other folks that we've seen wear the Dodger uniform. He wouldn't have been my first choice either, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know he. I think he was better than Luke Rayleigh, but that's a whole different topic. Anyways, the point no, the point no. is, Gavin Lux is done this season, in my opinion. I think he's riding the bench. Turner is going to take his spot, and I have another hot take who I think will also be bet ben, uh, who will be benched more. Then we didn't expect. I think that might be Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I mean that's that's where it's headed. It looks like, uh, but you got to you got to realize there is no more loyal team in baseball than the Dodgers. Uh, if you're talking about a former a guy who won MVP two years ago, a guy who sent you to the World Series last year, they are going to ride this out. Period. Uh, two years ago, they rode out Austin Barnes until the wheels fell off and they had absolutely no choice but to send them AAA. Absolutely no choice till the bitter end. They rode out Barnes as long as they could. Uh, so this is Cody Bellinger here. The, the, we are going to live and die with Cody Bellinger. Is he going to get more off days than, than normal if he's not hitting? Of course. Uh, but you know what's not going not gonna to take an impact is his defense. They're going to put him out there for his defense, if not anything else. Well, I think, and I also think when you're when you're dealing with not only players um, who are up there in age, but also players who have been injured this year and recovering from injury, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't mind if if Roberts, you know, load manages the the crap out of Cody Bellinger. I mean, we a, a healthy Cody Bellinger is what is what we ultimately want. And who knows how much his uh, how much of his injuries are affecting his play at the plate? Um, certainly, they're affecting where they play him in the field. Uh, they moved him to first base the other day to try to give mm-hmm. his legs a rest. So I, I think, you know, if they do end up benching Cody Bellinger, I don't think it's be, I don't think it will be primarily because of his, of his struggles at the plate. Yeah. I mean, but you can't bench Chris Taylor. He's been there a long time too. You want to talk about loyalty. He's been a Dodger since 2016. He's an all-star this season. He's also carried this team. And he, Yep, exactly. He's a first half MVP. And then AJ Pollock, who, you know, as much as we diss him throughout we. the... We all do. You mean we? I said we. <laughs> all right. All three of us. I'll all three of us have dissed AJ Pollock. Yes, we have at one point or another. In our lives, sure. yes. Yes. Even dating back to April and May. But the point is, AJ Pollock's been one of their best hitters this season. And this is another Friedman. This was a guy Friedman really wanted to sign. I don't see them benching him either. It's really going to come down to health, first of all. You know, if 
if someone's injured, then that gives Cody Bellinger the opportunity. But if he's not getting it done at the plate, I don't care what he did in 2019. This is 2021. We're trying to win now. This isn't like pick your favorites. Oh, little league, you'll get back together. No, we're trying to win a world series. I I also have a take here though. I don't think you're going to have to bench anyone. I think you're able to start nine guys and I'll tell you why the Dodgers basically give someone a day off pretty much every day around every day. Someone's going to get a day off. Uh, and you know, what's, you know, what's one of Chris Taylor's greatest strength. He can play all over the field. So you want to give someone a day off. Great. There's Chris Taylor's spot for the day. You want to give someone else a, a day off. Great. There's Chris Taylor's spot for the day. So look, it's, it's not really going to come down to a Pollock or Bellinger type thing. It's, oh, Justin Turner needs a day off. All right, we can move maybe Muncie to third or, or someone to third. Put Taylor Taylor, Taylor, Taylor to third. Put, move, move guys around uh, to get, get the guys who need to be in the lineup in the lineup. So, yes, it's a good debate to have Pollock, Bellinger, who you're going to bench, et cetera. Uh, but realistically, you know, until you get to the playoffs, these, those nine guys are going to be playing pretty much every day. Here's my question. Where, where does Albert Pujols fit into all this? I mean, he's not, he's not going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, he'll get some pinch hit opportunities, but I mean, with, with Bellinger and, and Muncie being the guys that you're going to plug in at first base, I don't see Pujols sniffing the field much. Yeah, I would agree. And I also I mean, think, I think it's time versus righties is definitely over for sure. Yeah. And I also think Zach McKinstry could be sent to triple a inevitably because yep. Matt Beatty's playing better. Gavin Lux, when he comes off the IL, I would assume he's on the bench. And then Pujols and Barnes. So there's your four bats. And yeah, it's going to be – it's they're going to have to decide Lux or McKinstry at some point. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you wanted to talk about Corey Seager, Trey Turner, that debate. We actually have a question that will allude to that perfectly. But Corey Seager is back in the Dodgers lineup. It was a long time coming. His first at-bat, he grounded out, reached space because of an air – but it was 104.5 off the bat. So Seager is already launching missiles. But the question comes from AF. That's the tweet. Last week he was FU Bob Nightingale, but he wants to know. Do Bob the do- had a day. Bob yeah, had a, Bob had a oh couple days, but God. go ahead. What's the question? Do the Dodgers extend Corey Seager or Trey Turner? Who's going to play shortstop? And he also says awesome podcasts. So thank you. Go ahead, David. I think this is a this trade was a precursor to the future. Um, I wasn't even sure the Dodgers were going to sign Corey Seager before this trade, and after this trade, I think the chances are pretty damn slim. Uh, there's going to be suitors for Corey Seager, no doubt. Uh, the Dodgers have a lot of free agents. They got Kershaw, they got Taylor, they got Kenley. What are you going to do there? And then you want to you want to try to add you know, other free agents too. So plus you got, we don't know what's going to happen with Bowers contract. Maybe they'll want to extend Max Scherzer now too. Uh, So sadly, you know, personally, I think this is Corey Seager's last year in Los Angeles. Uh, I think he's going to want to play shortstop. I don't think the Dodgers are going to want him to play shortstop for very much longer. And I think there's going to be plenty of teams who are willing to back up the Brinks truck for him, give him the keys to shortstop and say, go hit for us. Uh, What I like to see him, would I like to see the Dodgers bring Corey Seager back with Trey Turner? Absolutely. Uh, especially because the, the DH is probably going to come next year. And, uh, you know, it's just, I just don't think it's realistic. I really, really don't, especially after this trade. 
all I think that this trade does is it just gives the Dodgers a security blanket. Mm -hmm. I think that with Trey Turner having control over Trey Turner for a few more seasons, is it, is it one or two more seasons? One more after this. Okay. One more after this, it allows them a little bit of leverage with, with Corey Seager when they do negotiate with him and they can, they, they can say, look, you know, we're willing to give you this amount of money if you want to stay here, but if you find a bigger, better contract somewhere else, because we know his agent is Scott Boris, and that's what they try to, that's what he tries to do, then that's that's where the Dodgers stand, right? I mean, it, it'll be about if Corey wants to stay in LA, but I also think that it's important to keep an eye on a how Corey Seager plays throughout the rest of his season, and if he's able to stay healthy, because that will determine what the Dodgers do. If he doesn't stay healthy or he doesn't perform well, that will give the Dodgers a little bit more of a a chance to say, you know what, maybe we could part ways with them. Or it could um, lower his value somewhat. Who knows? But, I mean, I just think that this move gives the Dodgers a lot more flexibility, and Andrew Friedman loves that. Yeah, I'm going to piggy off, piggyback off that take because I think Andrew Friedman does have a plan, but none of us actually know what that plan 100% actually is. You could take this report with a grain of salt because that's what I'm doing, but apparently Trey Turner has no interest in staying on the West Coast long term. I'm not exactly sure why that's the reason, but that's what it was said just a few days ago before he was traded. But regardless, yeah, I think this is going to come down to Corey Seager. Do you want to make him the long-term shortstop and pay him? Or do we go back to Gavin Lux and hope he can bounce back next season? Because I think what this Trey Turner acquisition now does is it actually makes Gavin Lux more expendable. Maybe they're going to view him as maybe he's not that guy and they sell high on him and bring in a new set of prospects that they deal yet again in the near future. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, look, you either have, you either have Corey Seager long-term and Trey Turner at second base, or you have Trey Turner at shortstop and Gavin Lux at second. I mean, any combination you put together is, is awesome. Right. Yeah. I, I think this further solidifies that it's either going to be Corey Seager or it's either going to be Chris Taylor. I don't think it's both. I think there was a chance it was both before this trade but after this trade, I just I just cannot see it being both. I, I just really can't. Do you think the Dodgers would extend the qualifying offer to Chris Taylor? I don't think he would take it. He'd be stupid to take it. It's like, isn't it like nineteen million now? I know still, he, he probably wouldn't take it, but I think that's still. But doesn't that mean AAV. if doesn't that mean if he turns it down, the Dodgers get yes, a draft pick? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I would think they would take that risk because I actually don't know if Taylor's like take the 19 million or go for the long-term contract. I think he's, he's going to go for it. This is going to be his last, his only chance at a decently long contract. Right. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about the guys that actually left Los Angeles. And then we'll talk about the other guy who came to Los Angeles, but this is probably the biggest haul that I've ever seen Andrew Friedman give up in a trade. Absolutely. And, And yeah, props to him. He gave up their top two prospects. Literally they're one and two guys catcher Kybert Ruiz Talk about him in a second, what that means. Josiah Gray, who actually came on this podcast, the pitcher, Gerardo Carrillo, and Donovan um, Casey. Casey. Yes, both double-A guys. So, I mean, in terms of the Nationals, I think they got the best deal possible. They got their catcher of the future, who could be a perennial all-star, 
And then a number two guy, assuming Strasburg gets healthy eventually, and Josiah Gray. But what this means for the Dodgers is they obviously probably viewed Ryan Pepio and Bobby Miller as their starting pitchers of the future. And unfortunately, Josiah Gray is the casualty in this deal. Well, I think you made a good point the other day, Kevin, when you said that the Dodgers just drafted about 5 million pitchers. So yeah. they, they could afford to give up a guy like Josiah Gray. And I think Josiah is going to be a decent pitcher. I'm not sure if I see him being an ace, but I definitely think he's going to be a solid two, three guy. Um, and I think, I think Andrew Friedman was, was willing to part ways with that to put the Dodgers in a position to win a championship is which, what, which is what he did. Um, I, I just think that the Dodgers looked at their catching situation. Um, like we all have been looking at it and decided that one of them had to go, right? You got Will Smith is a proven guy. You know what you get with him. He's a clutch bat, good middle of the order bat, decent catcher. You got Kiebert Ruiz, who was absolutely lighting up the minor leagues. And then Diego Cartaya. I mean, you've got so many different catching. Uh, and then they picked up Chad Wallach, too, from, yeah. the, from the Marlins. So the Dodgers have loads and loads of catchers waiting in the wings. And, you know, you, you basically, I mean, if you want to get good talent, you got to give up good talent. Yeah, Uh this, this, like that, I, I, I was stunned at this, you know, forfeiture of prospects. I, I didn't think Andrew Friedman had this in him. We have never seen him do anything like this before. Uh, we've seen him get, you know, Machado and Darvish at the deadline, but it was for nothing like this trade. Even Mookie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is on, on, on somewhat on par with, with the Mookie Betts trade. And, you know, if it was just for Scherzer, I don't know if you trade. I don't know if he would have traded Ruiz or Gray, uh, but with Turner, you, he had to go. He had to go give him get them both. Uh, give them up. Give them both up. Excuse me. Yep. And uh, look, he can afford it. They've hoarded prospects for so long. They just called up. You know, we've seen prospects rise through the system. Lux, May, Gonsolin, uh, Smith, all these guys. They're here. They're here to stay. Uh, and it's okay to trade prospects. I think this was a win-win trade for both teams involved i think the nationals did very well in this trade uh and so did the dodgers man i mean what more can you want from a team that's that's just gonna go full send uh like i mean i would have been okay with carrying ruiz and smith next year both uh but they don't need to like jake said uh cartaya is gonna be here eventually they signed another extremely high prospect uh who's in rookie ball now i, I forget his name but he's from the dominican republic uh so th there's, there's no shortage of catchers here in this system. And, and Will Smith gets the vote of confidence that he deserves also, I might add. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely hurts a little that Kybert Ruiz got traded. This was like my guy. I felt like he was going to be the catcher of the future. But what this tells us is that Will Smith is that guy. He's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. And, you know, he's earned it. He's been consistent. He's a great bat, a lot better defensively. And I think David did a good job of calling it. He said that the Dodgers weren't going to bring up Kybert Ruiz before the trade deadline because they wanted to keep his trade value at an all-time sky high. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. And, and that's what Friedman. That's what Friedman did. At intern Phil, a loyal listener, of course, and a one-time guest on the show, wants to know: Should we be concerned that Lord Andrew Friedman didn't trade for a bullpen arm? And he also loves the show too. And he's asked if he's dumb. And no, Phil, 
you're not dumb. And the Dodgers actually did trade for a bullpen arm. It's just a lot of people might not realize it yet. And that's Santa Barbara County native Danny Duffy, who they got from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for a player to be named later. For free. And they got cash. Now he is on the IL with a left flexor strain, and he is expected to be back by mid to late August. And though he's been a starter all season for the Kansas City Royals, I already listed off the Dodgers rotation. We know who's starting in October. Danny Duffy's should not be starting games for the Dodgers in October. Something totally went wrong. He's going to be in the bullpen and he's going to be a high leverage left-handed reliever. And he might be their top left-handed reliever, but I'll give you guys a chance to speak on what you guys feel about Danny Duffy. I like this move. This is a guy I've, I've, I've mentioned on this podcast in the weeks before. Um, I, I frankly, I, I was, I had ruled out Scherzer a month ago. I did not think that was going to happen. So I was penciling in Danny Duffy in our rotation. Uh, but if you're telling me we can use him basically in the Alex Wood role of last year, uh, bring him out of the pen, maybe throw multiple innings, maybe not. Uh, that's, that's a luxury. He's still about two or three weeks away from returning, and then we'll have to build him up. So frankly, he fits right in with basically the entire Dodgers pitching staff. Uh, but this is a good move. I like this move. As for being the top lefty, I still have faith in Victor Gonzalez. He's still got about two months to tighten it up. Uh, and I also like Garrett Clevenger. I like this kid a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and I, I got my faith in him. I think Clevenger is going to be pitching the playoffs for us, some pretty high leverage innings. Um, if you guys are watching the Dodgers game right now, I'd put Danny Duffy in the rotation because uh, <laughs> Gonsolin's stinking it up against the D-backs. So yeah. I don't know. I mean – I, I, I would like to see Danny Duffy make a few starts. Um, but if he, if he works out in the bullpen, he works out in the bullpen and to the point about, are we concerned that Friedman didn't go out and get a traditional high leverage guy? I think that speaks volumes to how Corey Knable is progressing. And I think Andrew Friedman knows that Knable's on a good pathway back to the majors. He's had a few uh, rehab outings and he should be coming back soon. So that's like adding a bullpen arm at the deadline. You get you get a an elite Corey Knable. Um, I think this Dodgers bullpen is going to be going to be nice, but you know they all have to be healthy. Kelly's got to come back. He'd been pitching well. Uh, Bickford's got to continue to pitch well. Um, like David said, Gonzalez has to figure out what the heck's going on with him and tighten things up there. But I'm not as worried as I as I was at the beginning. I thought for sure that the Dodgers are going to get. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, but he ended up going to the White Sox and their bullpen looks stacked now. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm hoping and praying that the Dodgers bullpen comes back healthy because I think that's what they're banking on. Yeah, and I kept Craig Kimbrell, who was a target of the Dodgers actually dating back to today, it just never was gonna happen because the White Sox gave up Nick Madrigal, who was essentially their equivalent of Gavin Lux. So they gave up a haul to put together a, a back end bullpen of Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. But uh, yeah, back to Duffy and Victor Gonzalez. I really hope Victor Gonzalez can figure this out because he's been bad like the last few weeks. I'm talking about over his last six innings, he's given up six earned runs. He's got a whip of nearly three. It seems like every time he goes out there, he has no command of his stuff. I expected regression to come his way, but boy, did I not expect this. So I don't know what to expect with Gonzalez moving forward because I felt like he was going to be the lock the one lefty we could trust, but now that's not the case. And yeah, you mentioned Garrett Clevenger who got demoted back to AAA. He's been really good, but 
Shout out to Alex Vessia, who's really turned it around after yeah. being an abysmal relief pitcher, his first and second call-ups. The stuff was always there, but he just did not have the command. Now he has the command, and maybe he cracks that bullpen come postseason too, but it's tough because David Price actually is a guy who might be on the outside looking in as well. I could list off the potential arms in the bullpen. We've already covered most of them. And then Scott Alexander, who I don't think is probably going to ever throw a pitch again for the Dodgers this season. This just seems to happen every year. He goes on the aisle and then disappears for three months. Well, Tony Gosselin couldn't make it out of the second inning. So um, we, we, may, we may be looking at trying to maybe replace him in the rotation. Maybe David Price slides in there. But the two of them have been a little shaky. And Gosselin's been a little better than Price, but not that much better. I mean – Given this outing we just saw against the D-backs, that is not encouraging because the D-backs are the worst team in baseball, <laughs> um, and and they're having to do a, a bullpen game. I, I I hope that once Kershaw comes back and maybe Duffy makes it into the rotation or what have you, but when we have a full rotation. I'm hoping we don't have to do these bullpen games because that's what we need the bullpen for, right? Is if Gonsolin or whomever can't make it out of the second or third inning, that's when you bring the guys out of the bullpen instead of scheduling a bullpen day and throwing everything out of whack. So I'm hoping that the Dodgers get away from that um, and can save that bullpen for when we need it the most. I'm also hey. wondering if Kevin Quackenbush ever makes a major league appearance. I haven't checked on his stats recently, but there was a good stint where he had like 26 scoreless, 26 games, all scoreless outings for that OKC team. Maybe they call him up. Yeah. Although I'm a little wary of anybody coming up from that team this year. (laughs) Hitters for sure. Hitters like just stats do not translate whatsoever. If, If you, if you have a thousand OPS in Oklahoma city, that's basically a 400 OPS in the majors. I think we should use a little bit of this time to actually talk about trades that went around the rest of major league baseball. One that stands out to me is that the San Francisco giants acquired Chris Bryant from the Cubs. That's probably the most concerning division move to me, just because Bryant has historically crushed the Dodgers left-handed pitching essentially. And he's done well at Dodger stadium. He'll have some versatility playing third and outfield, but that's definitely the move for me. Farhand, we thought maybe he fell asleep at the wheel, but last second he pulled that trade off and they didn't really yep. give up anything. I know the Padres acquired Adam Frazier. We're inches away, according to Jim Bowden, from getting Max Scherzer. Jim Bowden doesn't know a damn thing about anything, man. Yeah, he is Ar- the worst. He is Arenado. way worse than Bob Nightingale. Nobody is worse than Jim <laughs> Bowden. Has no sources, makes up the worst possible trades ever, and is what would he say? Arenado's gonna be a Dodger by Christmas. Yep. Spare me, Jim Bowden. You are the worst of the worst. Anyway, go ahead, Kevin. I was just gonna say they did acquire Daniel Hudson, who was a one-time Dodger, and then they acquired Jake Marisnik, who was a Jake's Jake on Jake's show meeting on the mound. No, I'm glad I, I I'm not glad that they got Jake Marisnik because if you remember when Marisnik played for the Cubs earlier this season, he torched us. Um, so I think maybe that's a little strategic move there from Preller, but I don't think that the Padres did enough. We'll see. I also don't think the giants did enough because yes, they did get Chris Bryant, but they didn't get a starter. And I thought that that would have been their priority is to get a starting pitcher. Um, their rotation is fine when healthy, but it isn't really that healthy. 
Um, and when you're relying on Johnny Cueto and the only guy that I really trust is Gosman. I mean, Wood's been good, but you know, I mean, these aren't like top of the rotation guys except for Gosman. Um, so that worries me a little bit. If you're, if you're a Giants fan, I'm, a, I'm happy as a Dodgers fan, but yeah, the Chris Bryant moves is, is a really good move because once you get back, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, you know, I mean, you're that, that that's a pretty solid team with the way they're playing together. Do you guys have a trade deadline loser? And do you have I any? Do. I do. Go ahead. The Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Easy. What are you doing? What are you doing? Again. <laughs> Again, what are you doing? Trevor Story, why would he resign with you guys? They're saying, oh, well, we're not going to trade him. We're just going to offer him the qualifying offer and then get the draft pick out of it. Yeah. For what? Like, you guys are good at drafting to begin <laughs> with. You guys can't even draft anybody right. You had two good draft picks in your entire franchise's history. Uh, the fact that they didn't do anything, they kept Herman Marquez too. I mean, just complete negligence all around. They are far and away the biggest losers, in my opinion. Did they make any moves? Uh, they traded Michael Givens to, uh, who was it? I don't know, somebody mediocre, I want to say. No, I feel like he went to a contender. Yeah, he did, but some not a serious contender, I think. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you're not getting something serious from Michael Givens. Like, come on. <laughs> um, it's I, I, yeah, the, the the deadline loser I think is un, uh, unanimous is is the Colorado Rockies. Um, the the fact that they didn't move anybody is is just concerning. I mean, I, I don't think that after all of this, what happened with Arenado in the offseason, that Trevor Story is going to want to stay there. Yeah. Um, and so for them not to get anything for him. It's just weird, but I mean, they did keep Marquez and they did keep gray. Maybe they think that they can, can be guys. Um, the only thing that I'm thinking is that, you know, once they found guys that actually pitch well at Coors field and can pitch well in that organization, I'm sure they're thinking let's freaking hold on to these guys because that's tough. It's tough to get pitchers to come to Coors field because their numbers inflate like no one's business and then they become harder right. to sign as free agents when they come up again so yeah i mean if i was the rockies i would just draft 20 pitchers every season and eventually you're going to have at least five that hit i don't know right. how they haven't employed that strategy because you can have the most mediocre lineup and because of that ballpark they'll put up something but yeah i mean the rockies i agree but i think the honorable mention has to go to the seattle mariners yeah. They, talk, they, ha they had so much talk, like they were going to do something big this deadline. They were like one game out of the wild card. They trade their best relief pitcher in Kendall Graveman. That really disrupts the clubhouse. They were not happy. Then DePoto says, we got some master plan. It all makes sense. Later that evening, they trade for Tyler Anderson. No, they also, got, they also got Diego Castillo. They did, but that's to me, that's just a uni uh, horizontal unilateral move. I thought they yeah. were going to get some explosive bat because that is the one thing that they have been struggling with is a con consistent offense. They've gotten no hit twice. My question is, if you're going to get Diego Castillo, why do, why do you trade Graveman? Just, just keep him and yeah. get Castillo on top of that. Then you have an even better bullpen instead of, yeah, I agree. It's a lateral move. It didn't make any, it didn't make any sense, especially for a team that is on the cusp of that wild card wild card spot. I mean, it doesn't make much sense. What do you guys think about the Yankees? Boy, they they just stacked up on offense like no one's business. And and Rizzo hit a home run today. Yes. Yeah, they got Gallo, Rizzo, and they got Andrew Heaney from the Angels. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Yankees are serious contenders this year. I really don't. 
but if you're the New York Yankees and you're somewhat close, you kind of have to buy. Uh, so I like it. Gallo's under contract for next year as well. So I like that trade. Uh, Rizzo feels like a rental uh, and Haney is not going to do much for you. I mean, just to be real quick on the Yankees heading into the season, the narrative would be like their pitching was going to be awful. You could trust, trust their offense. It's been the complete opposite. The pitching has actually been, been what's holding them together. Meanwhile, their offense was just anemic. So we'll see what happens with those two bats. That outfield is going to be hysterical with it's with, huge with Stanton Gallo and judge just yeah. massive giant sequoia trees out there <laughs> so we didn't get to his question all right didn't get to his question last week so i wanted to make sure to get to it this time josh the flip another loyal listener he wants us to make our predictions on the dodgers version of the city connect jerseys prediction we've seen, we've seen the giants they're horrible we've seen the diamondbacks they're disgusting the giants ones are at least better than the diamondbacks ones yeah, they're the worst. They're Giants the worst ones just... are like a spin on the fog in the Bay Area, which I can relate to. So I, I don't hate the Giants one. Just the Giants colors are just disgusting. It's not Halloween. It's it's a baseball team. But for the Dodgers ones, I don't know. I would guess something along the lines of a beach of some kind, I guess. Maybe it some would, palm trees. It would be dope uh, if they went back to those uh, those blue uniforms from Think Blue Week way back when. The like shiny ones? Yeah, the dark yeah, yeah. blue, like something something to that effect would be dope. Dark blue. I would like to see the, uh, you know how the Dodger Stadium seats are like color-coded, like basically it's the ocean. You got the mm-hmm. sand in the front and then the, the water in the back and then the sky in the end. I would like to see something like that. Just get real aggressive Beachy. with the colors and, and, you know, the color palette. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what to expect, to be honest, but... Looking forward to it. I think they're going to debut those sometime in August. we got a few minutes left. This is a perfect time to just talk about anything else that is on your guys' mind, and then we'll wrap this up. I mean, I think it's time to, you know, make our predictions for how this the whole race shapes up. I mean, 60 games left. Dodgers are getting healthy. Seager's back today. Betts is back on Sunday, I believe. Kershaw back at some point next week. Turner back hopefully at some uh, some point next week. Trey Turner, that is. So what are we? What are we? How are we feeling? What are we? What do we got? I'll say the Dodgers win the division by three games. San Diego Padres sneak in at second, and the Giants will finish in third. But both the Padres and the Giants make the wild card game. Have a game to remember. And I'm sticking with the Brewers and the Mets. That's who I said would win their divisions before the season started. I'm gonna continue that way. I thought the Brewers did a really nice job at the, at the deadline. I mean, they made some really nice moves, especially, you know, a few weeks ago, they got Willie Adamas. Um, and then they made a few other, other moves to, yeah. to kind of show Escobar up. from the Diamondbacks. I love Eduardo Escobar. I mean, people sleep on him, but he is, he is amazing. Um, and they, they added a bullpen piece too. Um, I really like them, but I think in, in the NL West, um, I do think the Dodgers are, are going to win the division. Um, there is a lot of there there. I mean, I don't want to say there has, there's a lot that needs to go right, but they need to be healthy. They need to tighten things up. Um, first they need to start by, by sweeping the diamondbacks that that should be a walk in the park. No, no way should we lose this series because they've got the, uh, they got the Astros coming up and they've got a pretty tough schedule. 
So it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but I think if the Dodgers come back healthy, they're, they're going to be best suited to make that push. Um, and then we got to, we got to win the games against San Diego and against San Francisco. We've struggled with that. We got to do that. We got to get up for those series. And I think if we do all of those things, Dodgers will win the division, but I think the giants are going to finish second, maybe by their, they maybe finish a game out. Um, San Diego will be right there too. And the, and both of them will make the, uh, the wild card spots. All right, I guess I'll make mine. As of one minute ago, I just see that Fernando Tatis left the game with an apparent shoulder injury again. Uh, so I'm going to factor that into my prediction here. And I'm going to say the Dodgers. I, I was flip-flopping all week, all week, the week before, the month before. I'm going to say the Dodgers win the game by win the division by one game uh, over the Giants, and the Padres come in third. I'm sticking with the Brewers. I'm going to go with the Braves in the East. The Mets are frauds. DeGrom is hurt. DeGrom is hurt. I don't care about Javier Baez. I just don't. I just simply don't care that they got Javier, Javier Baez. Uh, I think they're, they're chokers and they're going to collapse. Uh, NLCS, Dodgers, Brewers. And I think the American League is pretty much wrapped up at this point. You're going to get the White Sox. You're going to get the Astros. You're going to get the Red Sox in some form. And you're probably going to get the Rays in some form too. That second wild card spot is probably up for grabs. A lot of teams. I, I picked Toronto in the uh, preseason. I think they can make a run now that they got Barrios. Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be an interesting uh, wild card race in both divisions. Both. Uh, I can't both believe leagues. you think. I can't believe you think the Braves are going to overtake the Mets without Ronald Acuna. Yeah, that's how bad. I, that's how much they I have think no the Mets are frauds. pitching. Maybe the Phillies. Maybe the Phillies too. I don't know. Phillies or Braves. Don't care. Mets are Mets are bad. They're legitimately well, the bad. Phillies picked up no, a pitcher not. though, didn't they? Yeah, Philly's got uh, Kyle Gibson, which is just basically yeah, nothing. Yeah, but yeah total yawn. total Philadelphia Philly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm still picking the White Sox to come out of the AL Central. I had them at the beginning, um, and I did not have the Red Sox winning the East. They were. It was curious that they didn't make any moves. I'm, I think they're probably thinking that they that they have enough, and they probably do. They they're a really good team. Um, but they didn't do anything at the deadline. I mean, I think they made one, one move. Um, they got a reliever, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be the Astros, White Sox and, and Red Sox. And then you got the, the Tampa Bay Rays maybe out of the wild card spot. All right. Good stuff, everyone. Thank you all for listening to the incline. This is the series we've all been waiting for the Dodgers Astros. I know Jake's going to be at that game. I might be at one of those games. I'm going to boo the hell out of them. They have to sweep that, those frauds. That's, that's a team I hate. I know the Astros are better, but fuck them. Scherzer fuck, and Bueller. Fuck Scherzer what they did and Bueller will be pitching. That will be Love epic. that. At least I'll see Bueller. Yep. There you go. Give us a great rating, everyone. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the episodes on anywhere you get your podcast. But in the meantime, Max Scherzer is a Dodger, and we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.